Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Hello, everyone. Uh, the Japanese have a lovely greeting for New Year's, Akimashite Omedeto Gozaimasu, which means uh, something like uh, it's opening all auspicious and wondrous. That's my little bit free translation, but I want to thank you so much for spending your precious New Year's uh, day with us, and I hope that this is a wondrous and auspicious beginning for you. Every moment is. I always um, don't know what to do for New Year's, um, and I thought that our theme right now is back to basics. We'll be reading Uchiyama's commentary, uh, the opening, The Hand of Thought, which is one of our basic books in our book club this week. And um, going back to basics, Master Dogen's Bendawa is perhaps one of the first things he wrote when he came back from China to Japan. And it is his opening, auspicious and wondrous. It's also something that's written when Dogen was of a very open mind. There's a section we won't be looking at today where he makes it clear that what he's saying is for people at home, not just people in monasteries, people out in the world, for you. He wrote this uh, probably to a layperson back in uh, the 13th century. And... I thought we'd just look at his words, and I'll try to keep my commentary, well, for me anyway, light. There are a few things I'm going to drop in here and there to try to uh, bring out some of the shades of this. All Buddha Tathagatas individually transmit inconceivable dharma, actualizing unsurpassable, complete enlightenment, have a wondrous art, supreme and unconditioned. Receptive samadhi is its mark. Only Buddhas transmit it to Buddhas without veering off, sitting upright, Practicing Zen is the authentic gate to free yourself in the unconfined realm of this samadhi. Well, here is one of the points I do want to offer a little comment. 
the Buddhas he speaks about include you as well. When you realize such, when you live as such, what Master Dogen is speaking of here are active living Buddhas who bring the freedom and boundlessness to reality in their very actions of life. He means you when you live with such an open heart and mind in your daily actions. So he speaks here of Buddhas who actualize the unsurpassable in their wondrous art, their way of living, their way of being, supreme and unconditioned with all barriers, with all walls, with all tensions and frictions, dropped away. It is the receptive samadhi. Samadhi is a Buddhist word that traditionally meant a kind of deep concentration where everything became one beyond one. Deep, deep, deep meditative concentration where all separations between you and all that is not you became meaningless. But in Master Dogen's view, it's also about how we live and are active in this world. And he calls it receptive samadhi because the whole world flows, flows into you, flows out, flows to include everything, the grass, the trees, the mountains, the stars. And then forget all those words, forget the you and the me and the this and the that. And it's this wonderful receptive dance that only Buddhas transmit to Buddhas. That's you when you sit upright, when you practice Zen. It is the authentic gate to free yourself in the unconfined realm of this samadhi. You get a sense for this? I promise that's about the most I'm going to speak today. I just had to kind of explain that at the beginning. I'll try to let Master Dogen do most of the talking today. Although this inconceivable Dharma is abundant in each person, it is not actualized without practice. And it is not experienced without realization. It's abundant in you but it is not actualized without practice, how you live, and not experienced without realization. Realization means not only what you know, what you realize here, but how you make it real. Realize in that sense. Make it real through your words, thoughts, and actions in life. When you realize it, it fills your hand how could it be limited to one or many? When you speak it, it fills your mouth. It is not bounded by length or width. All through your day, you use your hand to do various things. Holding a hammer. Painting a picture. Holding a child. 
doing your work, holding a pen. You speak many things in a world that we live in that it's complex of one and many, of long and short and this and that. But when you feel this in your heart, this unbounded freedom, your every act, your every word is unbounded. I really am going to get quiet here in a minute. All Buddhas continuously abide in this Dharma and do not leave traces of consciousness about where they are. Sentient beings, on the other hand, continuously move about in this Dharma, but where they are is not clear in their consciousness. When in your heart mind, in Chinese, Japanese, Indian thinking, the heart and the mind are the same. When your heart mind is free, you move around life, no matter where you go, what you do, without leaving traces. There are koans about birds that fly through the clear sky, leaving no trace. But when your heart and mind are filled with all kinds of schlock, is that a German word, schlock? It's a Yiddish word junk, then life is complex. The, concentration, the concentrated endeavor of the way I am speaking of allows all things to come forth in realization to practice going beyond in the path of letting go. I really am going to get quiet soon. We move forward, we go beyond in life. There are places to go, people to see. We must keep moving. We're human beings, we're animals. We, we have to live. But as we live in this way, we make it real. We realize this. So as all things come forth in realization to practice, going beyond, going down the path, we let go. That's my sense of what he's saying here. Passing through the barrier of dualism and dropping off all limitations in this way, how could you be hindered by nodes in bamboo or knots in wood, concepts and theories, all the complexities of life? Moving forward, you are free. Now he reads some biographical information. After the aspiration for enlightenment arose, I began to search for Dharma, visiting teachers at various places in our country, Japan. Then I met priest Myozen of the Kenin Monastery, with whom I trained for nine years. And thus I learned a little about the teaching of the Rinzai school. Priest Myozen alone, as a senior disciple of ancestor Asai, authentically received transmission of the unsurpassable Buddha Dharma from him. No one can be compared with him. It's little known about Dogen, but he was actually first a Rinzai priest and received the Dharma. He was... Uh, uh, authorized in the Rinzai tradition and went to China as a Rinzai priest. But there he found his teacher, Ju Jing, and 
became a Soto priest. But he always had, um, he was never against the Rinzai tradition. As a matter of fact, he was a Rinzai priest, and there's not two there. But that's a story for another day. Later, I went to Great Sung, China, visited masters on both sides of the Jie River, and heard the teachings of the five schools. Finally, I became a student of Zen Master Ru Jing of Tai Bai Peak and completed my life's quest of the great matter. Then, at the beginning of the Shaoding era of Great Sung, I came back to Japan with the vision of spreading the teaching and saving sentient beings, a heavy burden on my shoulders. And yet, I have put aside the hope of having the teaching prevail everywhere until the time of surging opportunity. I'm just going to drop in here and say that who says that people, Zen people, can't have plans and dreams? He came back like the Buddha, walked across India to teach Buddhism. Bodhidharma came to China to spread, to introduce Zen. Dogen came with big plans, coming back to Japan with the teaching he had found in China and promptly found it's not so easy, folks. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone in the world would be practicing Zen now, I guess, or even everyone in Japan. So he said, well, it'll have to wait, I guess, to some other time when the time is right. For the time being, I wander about like a cloud or a water weed and let the wind of the ancient sages be heard. There may be true students who are not concerned with fame and gain, who allow their aspiration for enlightenment to guide them and earnestly desire to practice the Buddha way. They may be misguided by incapable teachers and obstructed from the correct understanding Gee, I hope I'm not one of those incapable teachers. I wonder what he would think of me. He might be very disappointed. Intoxicated in confusion, they may sink into the realm of delusion for a long time. How can they nourish the correct seed of prajna? Prajna is a wisdom, insight. And encounter the time of attaining the way. Since I am wandering about which mountain or river can they call on? I mean, it's not like in those days you could just go on the internet and find Master Dogen netcasting to you. You had to, he's wandering about all Japan, and unfortunately he's saying, where are these students going to ever get in touch with me? I wonder if he'd be running an online Zazen Kai if he was here this morning. I bet you he would. Because of my concern for them, I would like to record the standards of Zen monasteries that I personally saw and heard in Great Sung, China, as well as the profound principle that has been transmitted by my master. I wish to leave for students of the way the authentic teaching of the Buddha house. This is indeed the essence. Like most Buddhist teachers, he thought he had something special to share. He makes the emphasis that there are many, many good ways to practice. He's not a my way or the highway guy. Sometimes he was. Some of his writings, he could be a little critical of other styles. Like he said, all those other deluded teachers. But you'll also hear that his heart was open to many, many ways of practice. He just thought he had something 
truly special. And he did. And what was that? Here is the essence. The great master Shakyamuni entrusted Dharma to Maha Kashapa at the assembly on Vulture Peak. It was then authentically transmitted from ancestor to ancestor down to venerable Bodhidharma. Bodhidharma went to China and entrusted Dharma to the great master Hui Ke. This was the beginning of Dharma transmission in the eastern country. In this way, by direct transmission, it reached Hui Neng, the sixth ancestor, Zen master Dajian. Then the authentic Buddha, Buddha Dharma spread in China, and the teaching that is not concerned with concepts and theories took form. In our Jukai next Sunday, I will be reading words of the lineage very much like these. At that time, there were two outstanding disciples of Hui Nang, Nanyue Huairang and Qingwen Xingxi. They both equally received the Buddha seal as great masters of humans and divas. Divas are kind of as the spirits, but it's a, kind of like a way of saying great masters of heaven and earth. Something like that. Their two lineages spread, and later the five gates opened. The Fa Yen school, the Guiyang school, the Cao Dong school. That's the Soto school. Cao Dong is the Chinese for Soto. The Yun Men school and the Linji school. Linji is the Rinzai school. At present in Great Sung China, only the Linji school prospers throughout the country. But in spite of their different styles, each of the five schools holds the one seal of the Buddha mind. See, I told you he was open-minded to other styles. He just wants quality. That's all he's asking. And remember, this is not just for monastics. He wrote this to a layperson. So even though he's speaking about bringing the standards of monastic practice, he's writing to people like you, like me. In China... After the later Han Dynasty, the teachings of Buddhist scriptures were introduced and spread all over the land. But there was no conclusive teaching as yet. When Bodhidharma came from India, the root of twining vines was immediately cut off and the pure single Buddha Dharma spread. Hope that it will be like this in our country. Now all ancestors and all Buddhas who uphold Buddha Dharma have made it the true path of unfolding enlightenment to sit upright, practicing in the midst of receptive samadhi. There's that receptive samadhi that he's now going to describe again, the dance of all things. Those who attained enlightenment in India and China followed this way. Thus, teachers and disciples intimately transmitted this excellent art as the essence of the teaching. In the authentic tradition of our heritage, it is said that this directly transmitted, straightforward Buddha Dharma is the unsurpassable of the unsurpassable. Here Buddha Dharma means something like the Buddha way, the Buddhist teachings, the way of practice in his way. For him, practice is more important than anything you can write on paper about practice. This Buddha Dharma 
is the unsurpassable of the unsurpassable. From the first time you meet a master without depending on incense offering, bowing, chanting Buddha names, repentance, or reading scriptures, just wholeheartedly sit and thus drop away body and mind. All you need to do is sit. However, there's been a lot of scholars' writings, very brilliant the last few years, that said, by the way, Dogen also lit incense, and he bowed. And he knew a lot of the scriptures, so obviously he read them. And he chanted Buddhist names. And that's why I always say, when you're sitting, there's just sitting. But when you rise up from the cushion, lighting incense is Zazen. Bowing is Zazen too. So is holding the baby, painting the house, driving the car, eating potato chips. If you do it with this open, unbounded heart, it is all the Buddha Dharma. It is all, as I say, Zazen in its greater meaning. But when we sit Zazen, that is indispensable. When we sit Zazen, and he's going to say this now, there's nothing else when you're sitting Zazen. When even for a moment you sit upright in samadhi, expressing the Buddha mudra, the form of sitting, in the three activities, body, speech, and thought, when we sit, it includes our body, of course. We're silent, so it includes our speech. Our minds are quiet, so it's our thought. So we sit in this Buddha mudra, this form of sitting that encompasses the three activities. When you do so, the whole world of phenomena phenomena becomes the Buddha Mudra and the entire sky turns into enlightenment. Accordingly, all Buddha Tathagatas increase Dharma bliss, the original source, and renew their magnificence in the awakening of the way. Furthermore, all beings in the world of phenomena in the ten directions and the six paths, that means in traditional Buddhist thoughts, the six paths means human beings, anyone who's gone up to a heaven, or anyone who's down in hell, everybody, all sentient beings, including the three lower paths, at once obtain pure body and mind, realize the state of great emancipation, and manifest the original face. Da, 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 da. I love what it does. That's our oil heater. Love me tender. When you sit Zazen, Elvis sings. At this moment, all things actualize true awakening. Myriad objects partake of the Buddha body and sitting upright, a glorious one under the Bodhi tree, you immediately leap beyond the boundary of awakening. Then you turn the unsurpassably great Dharma wheel and expound the profound wisdom, ultimate and unconditioned. What is to say, Zazen is it, it beyond it, and all things are sitting Zazen, and all things beyond things. This broad awakening comes back to you 
and a path opens up to help you invisibly. Thus, in Zazen, you invariably drop away body and mind, cut through fragmented concepts and thoughts from the past, and realize essential Buddha Dharma. You cultivate Buddha activity at innumerable practice places of Buddha Tathagatas everywhere, providing the opportunity for everyone to engage in ongoing Buddhahood and vigorously uplift the Dharma of going beyond Buddha. When you sit, the whole world sits, and worlds beyond worlds sit. And Dogen likes to speak of going beyond Buddha, which means Buddha is not something frozen, some, not some statue there. It's not some dead words in a book. You go beyond Buddha because you live now Buddha. You're Buddha moving, living, realizing, making real Buddha. You're Buddha going beyond Buddha. Something like that. Because earth, grass, trees, walls, tiles, and pebbles in the world of phenomena in the ten directions all engage in Buddha activity, those who receive the benefits of the wind and water are inconceivably helped by the Buddha's transformation, splendid and unthinkable, and intimately manifest enlightenment. Let's just let these words wash through us. The whole world, all the Buddhas, supporting the whole world and all the Buddhas, round and round. Because of this, all those who live with you and speak with you also receive immeasurable Buddha virtual, virtue. Practice continuously and extensively unfold the endless, unremitting, unthinkable, unnameable Buddha Dharma throughout the entire world of phenomena. All this, however, does not appear within perception. This is happening all the time, but most people are blind to it. Because it is unconstructedness in stillness, it is immediate realization. If practice and realization were two things, as it appears to an ordinary person, each could be recognized separately. But what can be met with recognition is not realization itself, because realization is not reached within a discriminating mind. If you think it's far, it's far. If you think it's ha something you have to practice to get to, it is. But when the mind is unblocked and you realize that it is in this practice here, it's not two things. Realization is here in our practice, in our living itself. And then you realize the whole universe is singing, love me tender.
In stillness, mind and object merge in realization and go beyond enlightenment. Thus, in the state of receptive samadhi, without disturbing its quality or moving a single particle, you engage the vast Buddha activity, the extremely profound and subtle Buddha transformation. Grasses, trees, and lands that are embraced by this way of transformation together radiate a great light and endlessly expound the inconceivable. The grasses, the trees, and the land are expounding. All of it is realized together as we realize in our practice. Even the grass realizes. Grass, trees, and walls bring forth the teaching to all beings, including common people and wise sages. All beings, in response, extend this dharma to grass, trees, and walls. This is that receptive interflowing samadhi. Yeah? Thus, the realm of self-awakening and awakening others invariably holds the mark of Realization with nothing lacking, and realization itself is manifested without ceasing for a moment. This being so, the zazen of even one person at one moment imperceptibly accords with all things and fully resonates through all time, all time and space, everywhere, everything. Thus, in the past, future, and present of the limited universe, this Zazen carries on the Buddha's transformation endlessly and timelessly. Each moment of Zazen is equally the wholeness of practice, equally the wholeness of realization. That's worth repeating. Each moment of Zazen is equally the wholeness of practice, equally the wholeness of realization. This is so not only while sitting. He reminds us, you got to get up from that cushion and make it real, man. Make it, make it real through all of life, everything you do. Like a hammer striking emptiness, before and after, its exquisite sound permeates everywhere. How can it be limited to this time and space? Myriad beings all manifest original practice, original face. It is impossible to measure, even if all Buddhas of the ten directions, as innumerable as the sands of the Ganges, exert their strength, and with the Buddha wisdom try to measure the merit of one person's Zazen, that's your Zazen, they will not be able to fully comprehend it. And that is what your Zazen is when your heart is truly unbounded. As you sit, did you know the grass and the trees and the walls and the tiles, the places of Great beauty, even the battlefields of the world, the urban areas and the countryside, the bottom of the ocean, the father star. Did you know that when you're sitting Zazen, it's all that?
its opening auspicious and wondrous. We have a couple of minutes. Any question? Just because I like to take use of our two-way communication here. Somebody? Anything? When I ask of my priests, that's not a, it's not a suggestion. It's a strong request. <laughs> Jonan, I see you raising your hand before you even moved it. Yes? Thank you, Yindo. Um, I have a question. I have been thinking about um, impermanence and everything uh, fades away and everything uh, eventually uh, changes or dies. Uh, and reading Bendoa, I realized that Dogen uh, speaks about timelessness and um, and and, and he, he transmits to me a sense of that forever is endless and that time is endless. But my question is, how can we know that even time could end if everything dies or are time and, and space endless, but we are? Oh, since we, the time of the Buddha, they said, don't philosophize about that thing. <laughs> feel, feel what is where you are now. The Dogen spoke of the Buddha's great transformation here, which is the great constant transforming of all things that are constantly transforming. Yeah, does it end? Does it begin? Just be with this transformation. Right. Only by sitting we can grasp that, right? I was just reading this morning. Um, you know, every year I, I decide to read a new sutra or sutra passage every morning. Uh, so I was reading one of the long discourses of the Buddha from the. It's one of the old suttas, and it's the Buddha talking about this subject. He said, things not to philosophize about. Is the universe eternal or finite? No comment, not important to our practice here. It's a little bit like you're sailing a boat. You're in the middle of the ocean, and the, the, universe, the world is round. So in a sense, the ocean never ends, right? Because, you know, it's always coming around the other side of the world. But on the other hand, you get to your land, the beach, you could say the earth, the, the ocean ends, right? So you could philosophize about this. Is the ocean endless or is the ocean crashing on the beach? Does it have an end? Buddha said, not my problem, man. Sail your boat right here. Right here, the great transformation, the wind. Dogen writes about this too. The water, the wind, the sail, the oar in your hand or the rudder in your hand is all this great one thing, this great transformation. Sail your boat here, man. Don't worry about what's over the horizon there. Something like that. Anything else? No, no, no. It's uh, perfectly clear, actually. I kind of knew the answer to that, but it's just that reading Mendeley, uh this question always comes to me. But... Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, I think that's it. Thank you, Jindu. 
if you're clear before you come in reading Dogen, he'll he'll mess you up. He'll confuse you again. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody? We're having a two for one special here. Anyone? Last chance, going once, going twice. May we have the verse to close the sutra? May the merits of these teachings penetrate into each thing in all places so that we and every sentient being together may realize the Buddha's way. All Buddhas throughout space and time, all Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, Maha, Prashna Paramita. I'd like to remind you that is not a matter of long and short or where you are. So we're about to have, in human terms, a super short zazen for a minute or two where you are, and then we will have a short kinhin. There is no short or long, though. Let's sit. Thank you for joining us for the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast zazen, retreats, discussion, jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.